you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Hey, I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human. All right, all right, all right, everyone. Welcome in. It's Tuesday, November 30th. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Wilcock, joined by Nate, no mustache pull vote, no longer, <laughs> Jen pull vote. Guys, how are we doing? It is officially the end of November. We've made it past Thanksgiving. We are now into the heart of the fantasy football season. With that also comes the winter season as well. We got our first snowfall here in PA today. It's been crazy busy lately here in between media. Nate, I know you had a, an insane day yourself. You've been on a couple shows already today. Yes, I have. Um, you and I did that potathon together, the uh, Movember potathon. Absolutely, yeah. Together today. Yeah, we were right on. We were on right after uh, Marcus Grant and Michael Florio, which was pretty cool <laughs> to get to be in a studio with them, waiting to go on. So, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a pretty surreal experience. And you know, h- hats off to the football guys. Dave Kluge, Sven from Rum Boys, and um, just the entire production there. It was a lot of great people coming together to talk about mental health and and you know breaking the stigma. I, I heard a lot of different perspectives today from women, from people who have suffered from eating disorders. Just a lot of great stories that did not get you know do not get the attention they deserve. So it was a very powerful thing, and I think we're seeing what I've wanted to see in the fantasy football industry since I came into it. And that's change, change. Like these issues that need to be talked about are coming to the forefront now. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope they stay there. I hope this isn't just a moment in time where we're talking about it and it goes away, like tends to happen with some things. So the more we bang the drum, the better. And we did that today and it was a great time and I'm glad we did it. And I'm glad Jen lets me do all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, it was probably a pretty hectic day for you as well, um, dealing with everything. You helped edit Nate's column that just came out earlier today. You're chasing around a a, a young young adult, or I don't know what, how he's old is Jackson? He's yeah, a tall. Tall. he's four. Tall. He's four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a crazy busy day, chauffeuring him around and getting him from place to place, getting both of these guys haircuts and shows and making sure the child has food and yeah, you know, yeah. all that stuff so and getting ready to go to mexico in a couple of days so oh yeah oh lot. yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> here we go You're crazy you guys you guys love being busy um we've been super busy here at in between media as well 
over the weekend, we dropped our 2021 Between the Holiday Tips. Everyone here in between in media as well as uh, totals, 28 fantasy football analysts and community members came together for this column. This is our second year doing this, and it was great tips. Whether you're into fantasy football redraft or dynasty fantasy football, DFS, monkey knife fight, or whether you just want some holiday lifestyle tips, like there was so much great, great information in there, great advice overall. I had a blast, you know, putting it all together and I'm really happy with the finished product, guys. Yeah, it was yeah, a great column. Yeah, that's awesome. Really, really good tips in there all around. Yep. And looking forward to the holiday show. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. Nate and Jen and I, like last year, we're going to be leading a holiday live stream party um, December 17th, Friday night. So mark your guys' calendars. We're going to be going for five hours this year. So um, a long show, but it's going to be a, a great and fun show. Um, we've been we've been working pretty hard. Hats off to our guy Kyle in the background. He's been putting a, a lot of time into these these shows and 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 really looking forward to the, to this holiday show because a lot of good time in, into it and a lot of great faces coming on. Guys, presently we have fantasy football to get to though. It has been a little dicey over this last week, and we're going to break it all down in front and center. Our newest segment here on In Between Media. Front and center is once again presented by our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. Whether you're playing fantasy football, whether you want to play some fantasy NASCAR, fantasy golf, fantasy UFC, any content that we have here at In Between Media is also on Monkey Knife Fight, guys. So I encourage you to go over to Monkey Knife Fight. It is really DFS for the common man, common woman. Go ahead, deposit whatever you want to. You're going to get 100% match when you use our promo code IBT. So that's Monkey Knife Fight over there. And let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to break it all down in front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place where you someone. Ain't got to worry about something not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. All right. So, guys, I wish we could come in here a week and not talk about injuries, but this is part of the game we play. It's part of the NFL. Unfortunately, we saw a trio of very talented RB1s go down this week. Super tough for fantasy rosters, super tough for these players. Um, first one I want to highlight here is Christian McCaffrey for the Carolina Panthers. He goes down to a, a really devastating season-ending ankle injury. He had just come back. He'd missed a majority of the season injury. And, you know, he put out a post on Instagram. I don't know if you guys caught that at all, but really just saying how much he loves this game, how he's been doing nothing but rehabbing this entire year. He's, you know, put off friends and family and other interests just to make it back on the football field. So, as devastating as this is an injury to our fantasy teams, it's more devastating to the man himself who it really seems like a great person. I've always rooted for McCaffrey since he's been back in Stanford. So tough loss, guys. Yeah, indeed. I mean, like you said, for him as a human being, I mean, and, you know, we've always been a McCaffrey fan because of his father who played in Denver. So, like, yeah. watching him really, like, literally grow up and then root for him, watch him have three great seasons – and then down again. 
Yeah, this is becoming <clears throat> concerning long term with him because if you look at his usage the first three seasons in, in the league, they just like they just it was like Le'Veon Bell, where it was like 400, 500 touches, somewhere in that range. They're using him in the passing game and the rushing game. And he's not that big. He's only 5'11. Like he's yeah. not like one of these big bruising Derrick Henry type backs who can take yeah. the pounding mm-hmm. and the way that he runs, he gets hit hard. I think we've seen the end of Christian McCaffrey being a top tier running back in the NFL simply because I think his body's breaking down from being overused and he's going to keep getting hurt. I, I'll definitely admit like, like Nate, you're probably with the majority of the fantasy industry right now who thinks that. I mean, I've been a McCaffrey guy since his rookie year. I've had him in redrafts, dynasty leagues. Like, I'm not willing to throw the towel in quite yet. Like, I, I, there will be a year. It's just like what we're seeing with Joe Mixon, though. I, like Joe Mixon, his body's been beaten down. He has not been able to stay healthy, and now he's finally having a healthy, great season. I think it could still be in the cards. But, but Nate, I mean, when you look at it from an analytics point of view, you are on target there because this is the age we see those running backs break down. They normally only have three or four good seasons. They're kind of out of that window right now. Jen, I know we're a redraft show, but like long term, whether it's Dynasty or thinking about drafting McCaffrey next year, where do you lie on this? Because it seems like Nate and I are kind of um, on on opposite sides of the spectrum here. Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey and I broke up last night. Nate and I talked about it and we just, we called it. Clean break. McCaffrey and I are no longer together. And I've had him also since his rookie season. And I just, I can't anymore. I can't, I can't, it's too uncertain. And I was even hesitant this year, but I went for it. Every first, second, third, fourth round that I got, if he was still available, I was taking him, but it's just too risky. I can't, I can't risk that. There are other running backs out there that I can get, you know, that might have a higher upside or at least more consistency. I just need consistency. I don't need these huge numbers every single week and I, f- I feel bad for the guy but I mean I feel like his fantasy value is way way down for next year so final thought here on McCaffrey um, when you look at this I I almost struggle with Carolina in general I I, I think it's maybe like he came back in the second half and played a snap on that like if it was that bad of an, an ankle injury We've seen them mismanage his injuries before. Mm-hmm. He obviously was injured earlier this season, had a setback in practice, missed you know another four weeks after that. So, uh, again, I don't know if it's a staff issue or what, but I think Carolina has to get something figured out. Get guys, and other news as well. And, and we will break down what this means for, for Chuba Hubbard and the rest of the Carolina team here in a minute. I want to get through the rest of these injuries quickly, and then we'll break down the waiver wire and, and what people should be looking for tonight. Guys, Dalvin Cook dislocates his shoulder. He's going to miss at least the next two games. Nate, like, if you're a Dalvin Cook fantasy manager, chances are you might have Alexander Madison because, you know, you've needed him all year. Um, how confident are you, though, with Dalvin Cook coming back for the playoff stretch if you are a fantasy manager of his? I'm not that confident because we've seen this with Dalvin before. He gets hurt. He comes back for a couple games. He re-injures. And a dislocation is something that lingers. So and, he's and getting, he had a tear too. I think there was, there was yes. a tear in there. I, I don't think he did tear. I don't think he did tear the labrum. I, that, that was the initial reports, but I don't think, okay. 
I they initially did think it was a tear in the labrum, but I don't think it, it is. Okay. I still like a dislocated shoulder is a funky thing because once you dislocate it for a period of time, it's prone to dislocation again. And we're talking about a very violent sport. And he's a very violent style runner. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's really hard. But if you have if you have Madison as a handcuff, you're fine. Yeah. Because Madison's been phenomenal when he's had to fill in for Cook. But I don't know, man. I I'd probably be trying to move him for someone who maybe is willing to take a little bit of risk going into the playoffs. Because if it does, he what if he doesn't come back in two weeks? Yeah. Well, if if you have him right now, ESPN leagues, I believe the standard trade deadline is this week. So this yep. is your last time to move anyone you want to move off of. Nate, like I, I think the issue with selling him, if you sold him, you'd probably also have to sell Madison with him. That's um, like who would you be willing to take? Like, like you, I guess you probably want one of these like surefire top five RBs, like a Joe Mixon or so, like uh, maybe even a Swift if it's not that bad, something like that. Yeah, I take Mixon. Um, I would take, I'd probably take, no, I'd take Najee for him. Najee, yeah, yeah, for I'd sure. I'd take Najee for him. Yeah. I'd take, I'd actually, honestly, I'd probably take um, Javante Williams for him. Stop. No. Stop. That That's is not, no, they're not in the same class. Okay. Nate, you I just mean, if you team. want to do that, then fine. But but if, if you really truly don't believe that Dalvin Cook is going to play or be effective and you can get Javante Williams production and Denver's starting to get rolling and it's because they're running the ball better. I don't want to share backfield. They're, they're spiking. All right. Fair they're enough. Not. Fair okay. enough. Okay. Jen, the other injury here this week is DeAndre Swift. Um, suffers a shoulder sprain early in the game on Thanksgiving. He's unlikely to play Sunday versus Minnesota. The timetable exactly, we don't know, because Dan Campbell just – I mean, you guys need to read some of these quotes from Dan Campbell about it. Like, they are like literally – I mean, he is he is exactly who he portrays to be. He, he reminds me of the dude off of um, the Big Lebowski. Like, like that is who he is, it, it feels like. But – so we don't know the real timetable, but I'm going to project it. If they're already rolling him out on Sunday, I'm thinking it's probably a two or three week injury. He hasn't gone to IR yet. Um, I still think there's a chance. Like Swift has such a, a great floor with the receiving production. I think when he comes back, he's still going to be good for the playoffs. If the if the shoulder can hold up, I'm not I'm not like not fading Swift or anything like that. I think I I, I mean he's gotten a lot of touches this year, so. It doesn't surprise me that he's breaking down a little bit at this point. Yeah, agreed. I mean, when he went down with an injury, like I was watching the game, we were at a friend's cabin for Thanksgiving, and I was the three of us, Nate Jackson and I, all shared an open air loft. But it just so happened to look straight down at the TV in the living room, and I watched it happen. And with no sound on the TV, I was like, "Oh no, that's not good." And the people we were staying with, the mom. I was playing her and she had DeAndre Swift. Uh, so it was like all real bad energy in yeah. the house. <laughs> Not as, we're, as we're getting ready to eat dinner. Yeah. Uh, yep. So guys, when we look at these backup running backs now that are coming into the spotlight here, obviously if you have Alexander Madison, he's probably not out there in, in, on waiver wires. If he is, you do whatever you can to get him. Um, but obviously, I mean, he's a high end RB two, low end RB one, probably moving forward here. Would you, are you guys in on that? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so in his last four games where he was the starting running back over Dalvin Cook because he was injured, he's averaged 26.3 fantasy points per game. So I'm saying that chances are with Cook out, he's a he's like a middle to high end RB1 in those weeks. If he can maintain that type of production. He did struggle a few times last year and the year before when he did get the shot, mm-hmm. though, I remember. I mean, they also had Mike Boone and more capable backups on the team at that point. But, the, you know, I, I remember last year at one point we did get a little overexcited about it. But, I mean, I still think based on those numbers, Nate, that is RB1 numbers. You are yeah. right. Yeah. So I, and they're I think Detroit next week. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's well, yeah, they've got things. They've got Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Chicago as their next three. And then they and round then out the we'll fantasy playoffs against the Rams in Green Bay mm-hmm. if Cook were to miss more time. Okay. And, so, they're in, and right now, like, they're in playoff contention. They're in that seeding for the seventh seed right now. And I think they know what Kirk Cousins is and what he is not. You know, he's a, he's the a true middleman of the NFL. It, yeah. if, you don't have, if you don't have a quarterback as good as Kirk Cousins, you need to upgrade. But <laughs> if your quarterback is as good as Kirk Cousins – like you, you know how it goes. Um, but so I think they're going to lean on Madison here. He's an RB high end RB two, low end RB one moving forward. As far as looking at Jamal Williams, he's been banged up this season, but he comes back in the fold for DeAndre Swift in relief of him. I think I think Williams is going to be you know a, a pretty solid RB two. We saw him be very effective week one of the season, go over twenty four fantasy points. He can run. He can catch. He's funny as hell. I, I'm a, I'm aboard the Jamal Williams train, and he actually might be out there in more leagues than than Madison for sure. Oh, he's only he, rostered in 14 percent of leagues on Sleeper. Okay, whereas Wait, Jamal Williams, yeah, no, Jamal Williams is 41 percent rostered in Sleeper. 41 percent, 14 percent started. Um, oh, I see. My bad. Sure. Madison is 57 percent rostered. So. Yeah, I think I saw earlier that Williams was, was right around like roster, I think in about 45% of ESPN leagues. So under the threshold. So so he's out there. I think he's worth with his receiving ability and Jared's golf inability to throw down field too often. I, I, I think he's worth the number one waiver claimer, whatever fab you have left. Are you guys in on that as well? If you need an RB. Yeah. Yeah. He had 13 points last week after Swift went out. Yeah. I mean, on it's a whim, him. so yeah, yeah, it's him and TJ Hawkinson right now. So that's it. Um, another another handcuff that emerges out of the, this pitfall of of injury running backs is Chuba Hubbard. We, we saw him earlier this season. He was he was hit or miss at times. He was effective when called upon. Other times he was not. Nate, I know you kind of broke this down pretty well in your waiver wire column earlier today. What are your thoughts on? on Hubbard moving forward and should we be spending any sort of priority or fab on him or Amir Abdullah? No, definitely not. After McCaffrey went down, this was kind of the breakdown of the running game. Safety Sean Chandler got a carry for 15 yards, right? Abdullah and Hubbard had a total of four combined carries two apiece for 10 yards they abandoned the run. And what that tells me is that Matt rule and Joe Brady don't want to put that on Hubbard yet because he's a rookie. He's not developed enough. They've seen what they needed to see. They know that he's not ready for it. The season's pretty much lost for Carolina. Like they're not making the playoffs at this point. 
I have to disagree because he they're had in the, four really good weeks. Sure. Filling in. But I don't. So I don't think he should be discounted yet. Okay. Well, then definitely discount Amir Abdullah. Yes, for sure. The, the the matchups are bad, and there's a buy, so you're not going to have confidence starting him. Like that, I think. No. That, I think that's where Nate goes. Like, but there is it. Like, there is a chance that we're looking back, you know, six weeks from now, saying that Hubbard was a league winner. Like, there is that chance. I, oh, I, sure. I think, I think it's a small percentage, and I think. But but I mean, Jen, to your credit, I think you're right on that. Like, th- there's definitely. So, but but I think I do lean with Nate on the fact that I'm not going out and spending a ton on them. But like, right. they need to be rostered, it, especially Hubbard. I don't think Abdullah does. Yeah, think- not definitely not Abdullah. And I the, the talent's there for Hubbard, and that's not the issue. And I think he'll be fine. I just don't know that they're going to use him, especially with Cam Newton. Because if yeah. they really want to get Cam that Newton involved in that offense, yeah, they're going to have to use. He's going to have to run the ball more. Because he's just not like he's still a deep threat, but he made a lot of mistakes in the short passing game, which was weird to see. So they're if they the short game's gonna be him running the ball, and it's probably not gonna be Abdullah, maybe Hubbard a little bit more than Abdullah, but well and just think about what Damian Harris and all these New England running backs were the last year. You, you know, they're great running backs, but when it when they get inside the 20, you're getting a QB power to the right or left. You know what I mean? Maybe an option play if you're lucky, but um, other than Christian McCaffrey, they, they've never had much loyalty to any running back inside the 20, especially when Cam Newton's in town. So right. I don't see that changing a lot. Nate, I think you hit that dead on in your column. I saw that as your mild prediction. I, I agreed with you, but you know, there is some promise there. So I think all these guys need to be picked up. You're probably RB needy. Like most of my teams all are all of a sudden, <laughs> You may not be RB needy if you have this one running back who absolutely showed out in week 12. Let's give it up for our guy, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny and the Bucks, baby. Lenny and the Bucks, just like Lenny and the Jets, man. He took off this last week. 14 form, 17 carries, 100 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. And he carries, you know, he continues to put the team on his back when it comes to targets and receptions. Eight targets, seven receptions, only 31 yards, but another score. Guys, I mean, Nate, we were talking about this earlier on the Movember Potathon, and it was everyone who even came before us and after us, they're saying their biggest hits and misses of the year were either going too high on Ronald Jones or just not having yeah. enough Lenny Fournette. Um, I'm happy. I have a lot of Leonard Fournette everywhere. I, I, Me too. I, I, know, I know Jen has – yeah, Jen, you, okay – Side note, really quick, side story. We were at the fantasy football conference. and I remember this moment. Yes. And <laughs> I, Jen was like, Jen was coming out to get water or something. I don't, Jen, you were just like dying of thirst. It was, you know, one of those things. And um, I was like, Jen is Leonard. It was pretty late in your guys' draft. Me, seventh, eighth round. I was like, Jen is Leonard for dead on the board. And she's like, yeah. I was like, dude, take him. And like, mm-hmm. I was expecting her to take him. And you took him, man. I took him. I snatched him up and then. And the rest of my drafts, I was like, I'm just leaning on Seth's gut, Seth's intuition, and I'm doing it. I'm I'm picking up Fournette when I can, and I did. And in every single league, obviously, he's been a bomb. And every single time I hear Lenny, Uncle Lenny, Fournette, Tampa Bay, I'm like, oh, Seth. <laughs> it's been a lot <laughs> You've lately. been heavy on my mind. I, I appreciate it. And in my heart. And like, I'm not, I don't want a victory lap because we still have a lot left in the season. We'll see how he finishes mm-hmm. up. 
but it's it's definitely funny like being on that stream earlier today and like everyone it was definitely something as an industry no one really liked Leonard Fournette this season so I'm glad some of our in-between media hopefully some of our listeners capitalize and our readers as well um, draft guide buyers everyone like that capitalized on Leonard Fournette but guys the one the one downside to Leonard Fournette's 4TD game is you know he he vaults himself well into the RB1 category RB5 on the season but now Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they both have a down game, less than five PPR points for the two of them. Where are we at right now? Like, is this just something you kind of have to like throw? Because I feel like it's you just have to throw them in and see what happens. Like, I, they're all going to have bad games at some point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this is a Tom Brady offense. Mm-hmm. And it's streaky. It's always tough for fantasy because you have guys like Chris Godwin – and Mike Evans, who you know are talented, and he didn't forget about him, but the game plan just worked in favor of Leonard Fournette and yeah. the short passing game this week. Um, they have coming up Atlanta, Buffalo, and New Buffalo. Orleans. Yeah. I'm not that worried about it. I mean, no. I think he's going to, they're all going to be fine. I mean, Buffalo and New Orleans have really good run defenses, and Lenny's still going to eat. And he's still going to be of like ten to fifteen to twenty point PPR fantasy score for you in these it's, weeks, especially with as tired as Brady has looked. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to rely on running. I mean, obviously he made a million connections with Gronk, but I mean, yeah. he's getting he's getting more and more tired, y'all. I hate to say it, but the goats. Are <laughs> he's forty four. Like, what do you expect? This is right. The NFL I'm 39 is thirty nine, and I'm exhausted. Like I can't. Yeah, imagine. we did not play football today. I'm 23 and I'm I, I am beat. We're all exhausted. Day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I. But I definitely agree with you here, guys. Like I, I think Brady's is getting a little tired, but at the end of the day, these are high end. You know, still wide receiver ones from Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Still the lower tier. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have bad games. AB's coming back, so it might shake things up a little bit more. Um, and then Gronk's back in the mix too. It was good to see him get more involved, go over hundred yards this past week. But I mean, this, this is what the Buccaneers offense is. I don't think there's any new analysis to this. We we knew all along that this was going to be one week. There's going to be one, one or two bad players from this offense, but the other ones are going to be great. So play your and Buccaneers. One, one thing to keep in mind, it's just a pattern I've seen from Gronk is he explodes then he has nothing. Then he explodes. Then he has nothing. So just a word to the wise. That's how I view Gronk. And I have him. And I will, if I don't have any other options, I will put him in. But if I have even a mediocre option, I will play that guy over Gronk. Just, yeah. just my Until thing. we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Just the next couple of weeks. Yep. Keep Fair an enough. eye on it. My, my last, my last take on Leonard Fournette guys he has the same amount of receptions right now as Austin Eckler one behind Najee Harris like this is insane I'm sorry I I just saw that today like I always like to look at his receptions like go up I'm like wow that's awesome that is Um, awesome but yes I'm happy we were able to capitalize there Jen um guys keep keep rolling out your buccaneers good luck on the waiver wire go go after these rbs we're gonna go ahead and get into our next segment um would you rather? We're going to bring that segment back, and it is presented by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. 
Yeah, guys, Underdog Fantasy is awesome. Um, I'm hoping a lot of you have played it because we talk about it every week. They have weekly contests with six, four, and two-team drafts. They're really quick, 30-second picks. You're in, you're out. They're cheap. They've got their pick them where we have, not only do you have over-under, but we've got the rival contests. It's an oh, yeah. amazing platform. It's so much fun. Uh, we talk about it on the DFS tailgate on Sunday morning. So if you're curious to learn a little bit more about that, tune in. We've got you covered. If you've never played before, make sure you sign up with the code IBT. You will get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. Guys, that is free money. I don't know why you would put in any less than $100 for getting ready to play because that gives you $200 to play. It's a fantastic deal. Check out Underdog. You won't regret it. Jen knows, Seth knows, it's amazing. Yes, sir. Would you rather, you guys know the game, I'm going to give Jen and Nate two to three options of would you rather do X or Y, some fantasy related, some lifestyle related. Guys, let's get into it. You know, a couple weeks ago, we're sitting here talking about, is it going to be Adrian Peterson? Is it going to be Jerry McNichols who fills in for the absence of Derrick Henry? Turns out we are all wrong. Dontrell <laughs> Hilliard or uh, or Dante Foreman. And... Right now, guys, it was an explosive week for um, for Hilliard. He had 51% of the snaps, 12 carries for 131 yards and one touchdown, added a, a pair of receptions as well. And Foreman looked good too, 19 carries, 109 yards. Um, you know, d- didn't get in the end zone like we saw Hilliard, but overall good performance from the Titans running backs. They definitely, I, I think they're going to lean on these two guys moving forward. No A.J. Brown. He's on IR. I talked a little bit about that on Sunday brunch. Um, no Julio Jones, of course. No Derrick Henry. Um, how much do you guys like th- these Tennessee Titans running backs? And who would you rather have rest of season? I love both of them. Um, I lean a little bit more towards Hilliard. Um, it just seems to be that he's a little bit more explosive. Um but you cannot go wrong with either one of them. I don't think as, as villains, they both, they both were explosive. So I promise you, we did not talk about this before the show. No, you but s- I've written about these guys. So I know, but you just said everything I was going to say, <laughs> like almost like literally almost word for word. It's as I, if we I, discussed these things, but we didn't this time. We really seriously didn't yeah. this time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Hilliard was a little bit more explosive. Um, I, I like his usage in the passing game, but Foreman Same. gets a little bit of that as well. Hilliard just seems to get a little bit more of it. Um, he's mm-hmm. a little bit more electric after the catch than Foreman. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit upside over Foreman. But otherwise, I mean, they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. The injury history with Foreman does concern me yeah. a little because it was an Achilles. And we see where that ends up but he's been really good yes he, he just changed his number a couple weeks ago i think i think now he's number seven possibly seven. Yeah. Not nine 
No, he's seven. Seven? Seven. I mean, he looks sweet in that number. I'll be honest, though. Like, <laughs> I think more running backs, like, in, at his point in his career, when you're kind of, like, mounting a comeback, like, rip a single digit. I love it. I love it, honestly. Yeah. It confuses me. I, my <laughs> whole life, I know my numbers and my number ranges for my positions. Right. So when I see a four or a one or a seven, I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? You're not a quarterback. Get out of here. Yeah. Right? Or a kicker. <laughs> Why is this kicker playing linebacker? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. I think I'm with you guys. If I'm looking for a little more upside, it's probably Hilliard. I think Foreman with the amount of carries he's seen may have a little bit higher before, but that's yet to be seen. They're both like really solid. I think, you know, low end RB2 or flex plays moving forward here. I'm sad I don't have more of them. I had a lot of Adrian Peterson, so I was on the wrong side of that one. Yeah, right. Aren't we all? Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next question here for you guys, would you rather? So winner is here. Would you rather live in a ski town year round or live in one of those towns that has like a Hallmark-esque downtown? You know what I'm talking about, Christmas lights and, and you know, all, all the fixtures of a Hallmark film. Jen, you guys are from Colorado. I know Nate doesn't ski, but would you like to live in a ski town or Hallmark movie downtown? Honestly, both are pretty magical. I'm going to choose the Hallmark, though, because, I mean, how can you not? Like, perfectly decorated, puts you in the holiday spirit, and ski towns come with ski bumps. So you've got to take the good with the bad when you live in a ski town, and lots of traffic and tourists, and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going Hallmark all the way. I'm taking, ski, I'm taking ski town. Gross. Why? You can't do Christmas all year. You could if you lived there. Everyone's no. happy all the time. <laughs> okay, Haven't that's you a fair seen point. the movies? I mean, yes. Yeah. That's part of why he said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, ski towns are. I mean, all right. I mean, I guess I want to be with Jen. And, and are we wherever, Jen, about- wherever Jen goes. Oh, you're cute. Oh. I mean, think about, are you talking about a basin or are we talking about Vale? Because Vale will decorate during the Christmas season. So I guess I I'm would thinking Vale I'm, and Aspen. That's what I'm thinking, Vale. Have you been Aspen. to Vale and Aspen? Yes. You have. These yeah. are Colorado towns, just for non-Colorado oh. listeners. Oh, I, no, everybody knows where, at, dude, all the celebrities Aspen, live in Aspen. Yeah, I didn't know what Vale was at first, so I'll be honest. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah, a lot no, of celebrities live in Vale too. I've heard of Breckenridge and um, and um, and Aspen. Yeah, I've never heard of Vale. Oh wow, okay. okay. But Vale's yeah. beautiful. It's slightly less expensive than Aspen, but just like very slightly. The cops drive. God, I can't even remember. I think it's their cop cars or Audis or Lexus or something. BMW. I think they're. I think they're I think BMWs. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. First cop car I saw in in Vale, I was like. Excuse me? A BMW? <laughs> what is this? I feel like I would like the the vibe of it. Like I've never been to like a the only ski town we have near us really is like there's like this like cool uh cool ski town on the other side of like the border of New York called Ellicottville. Super cool little ski town. But like I, I want to actually go to one of these like like legit ski towns like you guys have been from. So I feel like my opinion's invalid right now. Okay, Dude. well. Come fly in yes. and we can literally drive to Vail for the day and hang out and get beers and walk around Vail Village and then drive back on down. That's what I like to hear. That's mm-hmm. what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys. Um, moving forward here, Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth, rest of season. Two rookie tight ends who, obviously, Kyle Pitts, we talked so much about in the preseason. The hype was really kind of out of control, and he's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Tight end eight on the season, been below double-digit points, seven out of his 11 games, and hasn't gone over 10 PPR points since week seven. So it's been a really rough stretch here for Kyle Pitts and his fantasy managers. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, Pat Firemuth, the, the Nittany Lion faithful, um, kind of comes out of nowhere this season. You know, they obviously had Eric Ebron, who had a successful year last season. Juju Smith-Schuster, when he went down in week six, everything changed for Fryermuth. He's had right now, you know, we just talked about Kyle Pitts. He has seven games. He hasn't reached that double-digit plateau. Pat Fryermuth, only five. So he's been more consistent. He's tight end four since week six versus uh, Kyle Pitts tight end 10. So, you know, a pretty big difference between these rookies lately. Rest of season, Nate, starting with you, man. Are you taking Fryermuth or are you still riding the hype train of Pitts? I'm taking Fryermuth. He's been more relevant lately. Um, he's picking up steam in a Pittsburgh offense that needs someone like him to pick up steam to be successful. <clears throat> Kyle Pitts is in an offense on a team that is terrible with a quarterback who is literally falling apart in front of our eyes and an offense that can't do anything. And they definitely, they're not using Kyle Pitts. Cordell Patterson is the man in that offense and no one else oh, yeah. is going to be fantasy relevant. It's just as simple as that. Jen, are, are you with Nate here on Kyle Pitts or, or on, on Pat Fryermuth? Yeah, I'm going Patty French Fry. Like, <laughs> I wrote about him way earlier in the season, somebody to keep our eye on, and I have loved every single thing I've seen from him. Yeah, he's been he's been stellar, and, like, he mm-hmm. really is kind of playing almost that juju role for the Steelers, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy to see out of a tight end, but it, it's been awesome. Hopefully you guys picked him up a couple weeks ago when we talked about him. Um, he's been stellar. I'm definitely with you guys on that. I, I have Fryermuth in a couple leagues, and you know I, I'm debating every week whether to start him or TJ Hawkinson. Which you guys know my dire love for TJ Hawkinson. It's been <laughs> it's been pretty even the last couple weeks, thankfully. But Pat Fryermuth let rest the season to me. He's a top five tight end. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Thousand percent. All right, guys. So with the holidays coming up, um, there'll obviously be probably some drinking going on around him as well. Um, Christmas Eve is is no slack to that. Um, if you guys had to drink only one of these following drinks on Christmas Eve, what would you choose? Kahlua, rum chata, or eggnog? So, okay, I guess I'll go first. It's going to be Kahlua for me. My grandfather was a big Black Russians person. Okay. I don't know okay. if you've ever, have you ever had one. It's Kahlua, vodka, and a splash of like Coke or Pepsi. Oh, really? They're really, yeah, that's they're really good. That's interesting. It is. They're really good. Um, and I have one every year on his birthday since he passed away. And Isn't that so, tomorrow? Are we? Oh, we drink them on Tuesday, but we got to buy stuff for him tomorrow. Uh, oh, God. Uh, See, Thursday. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, his birthday is December 2nd. Yeah, so we've so, got to buy stuff tomorrow to drink. Mm-hmm. whenever the first the second i have one awesome. but like it's a december drink for me and then um kalu is just good all around i've never had rum chata and i can't stand eggnog so mm. it's kalua for me as well for different reasons because i think it's more of like a 
a sipper drink. You can kind of easily sip it all night long and it's not yeah. as heavy as eggnog. I love eggnog. One, one glass per year is good for me. And then I'm done. Um, and then like Nate, I've never had rum chata. I don't even know what it is. I've heard of it, but I've never okay. had it. It's, it, it's kind of similar to Kahlua. I think it's a little more, a little more higher in alcohol percentage. Oh, I then I choose that. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I don't have cl- I don't have verification on that, but I, I I was looking up the differences actually earlier when I was formatting this question. So um, we'll get some clarification on that. Um, but yeah, I definitely like we. I don't drink a lot of Kahlua, but it, it's kind of cool. Like I actually can remember a time. Uh, another funny story. Um, we were back in college, and I remember we were kind of like jumping from our friend's house back to my girlfriend's house, and then we were maybe going to the bar later on that night. But we were kind of just looking for something to take a shot of in the meantime. And all Katie had in her um, house was Kahlua. So we're all like just taking shots of Kahlua. And it, you know, it was fun, though. You know what I mean? Like it's a hard yeah. drink. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I've never actually had eggnog, though. So I am interested to try that at some point. You've get, never get, had eggnog? End the show. Go get eggnog. And then come back and we'll, we'll resume. Well, well yeah. What, what even like? I know it's like a milky drink. I know it's like a milk drink, but like what alcohol is in it? I mean, you can add, I think typically it's a rum. Okay. Does that sound right to everybody else? No, but I don't know. I just know it comes in a gigantic punch bowl and it's sprinkled with nutmeg and you dip it in and you drink it. And it's delicious. All right, hold on. I'm looking this up. Kyle in the I back end, can you help? Yeah, yeah. We'll get Kyle in the back end to look that up. Um, definitely looking forward to trying some eggnog at some point. I just have not got over there a- a- until now. I'll keep sipping my Kahlua with my hot cocoa. Um, <laughs> of course, Kyle in the back end, he's never had eggnog before either. Um, guys, m- moving forward here, we'll see if we can get some clarification w- w- what alcohol actually goes in. Nate, you got it? I got you. Okay, so eggnog is traditional recipe, two eggs, a quarter cup of sugar, one and a half cups of whole milk, a half cup of heavy cream, and a half cup of rum, bourbon, or brandy oh, garnished oh. with grated nutmeg. My second my second guess was going to be um, bourbon. Mine that would too. be because those two you can kind of interchange based on flavor preferred flavor interesting interesting so there you go folks eggnog lesson eggnog recipe that will be in my next column there we go there we go you guys heard it in your first in between media's eggnog column coming out for you (laughs) Uh, jen we just need like we just need all your all your eggnog like different recipes all in one column forget the fancy football advice just eggnog advice yeah definitely Last one here for you guys. Would you go rest of season, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris? It's been very, very different seasons for these two. Obviously, Harris came in very hyped up. You know, he's been he's been solid. He's been RB6 since week six, averaging over 17 point uh, PPR points during that time. Um, had a down game, of course, here in week 12. But Joe Mixon, guys, just been on an absolute tear. Um, he's been RB2 since week six. And five out of those six games, he's been above 24 PPR points. Like, that's what you – Jen, when you were talking about Christian McCaffrey earlier, you want consistency. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you want is, like, if you – if I could just know my RB1 is going to get me 24 points every week, like, that is – that is – man. 
who who are you taking here, Jen? Joe Mixon or Harris rest of the season? Because a couple weeks ago, I I would have never thought I'd ever say Joe Mixon, but I think I might be leaning that way. Absolutely, Mixon. I mean, if you look at Najee, he's kind of like on this bell curve that's now just like reached its peak and he's kind of sliding down the other side. Whereas Mixon is just like to the moon every single week. And like you said, consistent, he's 20 plus, whatever you said points every single week. And I don't see that slowing down. I mean, he's just too good. Well, it seems like he's on the better team right now too. We obviously saw the the Steelers go down 41 to 10 to the Bengals. First Mm -hmm. time getting swept by the Bengals in a very long time. Sounds um, like 2005 or something. Yeah, as a Steelers fan, I like that was maybe like I just kind of started watching heavily around 0405, so I can barely remember it. Nate, are, are you leaning with your wife here that you're you're taking Mixon over Harris the rest of the season? I am. Um, people tend to forget with rookies sometimes, and it doesn't happen with any of all of them. But so we're 12 games into the season. There are only 12 games in the regular season in college. And depending on your conference, you might play an additional three games if there's a conference championship. Yeah, like Bama, make it, Bama normally would, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, of course Najee Harris is slowing down. I mean, he's carrying a, mat, a larger workload than he had when he was at Alabama. He's already run the ball more than he did his senior season at Alabama. I'm pretty sure I can't. I'm assuming that based on his workload here versus what he had at Alabama, he's probably carried the ball more. We'll put it that way. So he's at a point where he has now done more work than he's ever done in a football season. And he's been fantastic. And he's, he's been fantastic. Killer season. But he gets a pass. He, his body mm-hmm. isn't used to this kind of workload. Mm-hmm. So, and Mike Tomlin's smart. And he's probably going to start to lessen that workload for Najee because this team isn't making the playoffs. And there's no reason to run this dude ragged and risk injury the rest of the season when you can maybe start transferring some of that to Benny Snell. Because you, again, you're not making the playoffs, they so it's to, it's mixing all the way. Yeah, Sorry, they, no, no, you're good. I I think the Steelers need to see what they have in some of these guys like Belage and Benny Snell. And like they do need a capable backup running back moving forward. And I think at the end of the day, guys, too, like the Steelers' offensive line has not been good this season. We kind of knew that coming into the season, and the Bengals and you know pie on my face for it. I thought they needed Penny Sewell, but they have been stellar on that offensive line. So I think it's like like when you actually look at the yards per carry, I don't have them in front of me, but I, I think Mixon has to be quite a bit above Najee Harris. Um, I know Harris has struggled to run the ball efficiently at times because he's been behind that you know new offensive line in Pittsburgh. So I think just at the end of the day, it, it's I mean these these are both top five RBs. We're splitting hairs, I think, but I mean outside of Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler. Is there anyone else you're taking above Joe Mixon rest of the season, guys? Nope, I don't think so. No. Maybe maybe before he got hurt, DeAndre Swift, I would say, was maybe the only other person I'd probably put in that I category. S- I still don't think I would have taken DeAndre Swift ahead of him because that Lions offense is so inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, I think I wrote about him in my first column and I was just like, it's a no for me this year. So yeah. I've had egg on my face yeah. since then, but I don't, I, I don't. Think I was I'm off on Joe Mixon too. I have, I think I, I have think, him in one league. I, I had Joe Mixon in probably at least three or four of my leagues last year and got totally boned when he went down. He went down in week six. He didn't come back and it was, 
kind of almost like a Christian McCaffrey situation. You weren't given the right news. He didn't go on IR for about like a month or two. So it was just really hard. And and a lot of people missed on Joe Mixon this year who mm-hmm. had him last year. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it happens. That's the, the game we play, guys. Um, let's go ahead and get into our final segment of the day. Um, or second final segment, excuse me, that is. Sure Things Sleepers of the Week presented by our friends at Stevens Quality Bartering Services. Guys, whether you're anywhere in Central or Western PA, you guys need to check out Stevens Quality Bartering Services. This haircut, a lot of the haircuts here you see in between media are from Stevens Quality Bartering Services. If you want to get hooked up by Noah for a quality cut at a quality price, have a quality conversation, just an overall quality experience while you're getting your haircut, go to stevens-quality.genbook.com to book an appointment today. Noah will get you in as soon as he can. Guys, I know you were out getting some haircuts recently. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Anything you'd like to share about those experiences? We talked a little bit about that before. I got a terrible haircut today. It looks awful. I look like I have a bowl haircut. <laughs> she didn't blend it, so I have to go back and get it fixed. And I know Steven probably wouldn't screw that up. So yeah. go see Steven if you're in the area. I would, but it's cost prohibitive for me to fly to Pennsylvania every time I need a haircut. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Guys, go go and check Noah out. Let's go ahead and, and, and go into some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. All right, you guys know Sure Things Sleepers of the Week by now. These are players either out there on the waiver wire or – tucked somewhere deep into your bench that we have some confidence heading into this week. This is week 13. It's a very critical week in the fantasy football landscape. Um, Only two weeks away until playoffs. These games matter more than ever. Jen, who is your short thing sleeper of the week this week? I mean, we already talked about him tonight. We're, we're talking about him again, Jamal Williams. Um, Just this past game, he had 65 yards rushing 18 receiving over five receptions. I, I think he's going to get it from Goff. I mean, Goff's had such a terrible season anyways. And, yeah, yeah they're just going to need to rely on the running game, which is going to put Jamal Williams right there, number one, as they had – I think they're in Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota's visiting, but I know they do play in Minnesota. So yeah. um, he's just he's just a good plug-and-play until Swift comes back. Yep. Absolutely. I, I'd say like a solid RB2 at the lowest. He should be in lineups. Yep. Yep. He's talented. He is. You, you should probably already have him rostered if you don't. Yeah, but. he got cut. He got cut, you know, like I want to say week eight, week nine. I started seeing him kind of around waiver wires. And, you know, it's great to see that hopefully his ownership percentage went up last week. So it's great to see some people benefited from that. But if you don't have him, go get him, man. Go get this guy because he's he's as close to a sure thing as you're going to have moving forward. Nate, hit me, brother. Foster Moreau, y'all. So here's the thing. Darren Waller is week to week, and he's probably not playing next week. <laughs> In so relief. Frustrating. I can't. It is. The thing is, is that when he spelled Waller in week seven against Philly, who – admittedly is the worst team in the NFL against the tight end position. He scored 18 points, fantasy points. So now against the Washington football team, who's better 
ish than Philly against the tight end. But there's no Henry Ruggs this week. They're not using Brian Edwards and they're not running the ball. Like at all. They ran the ball. I, I can't remember the number that I looked up earlier, but like they're they're throwing it like I think they they're averaging 80, they're averaging 89 rushing yards per game. Sorry. Um God, got good. stuck. I had all these stats spinning in my head. So yeah. they're averaging yeah. under 90 rushing yards per game. So they're just not running the ball because Josh, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, as I said at the beginning of the season, are inefficient running backs. Uh. And I didn't roster either of them in any league that I'm in. So now we've got Brian Edwards, Foster Moreau, and Hunter Renfro in that offense. Moreau has three touchdowns this season, and only one of them was when Darren Waller was out. So Foster Moreau, in a really weak tight end landscape in fantasy football, is a guy you can go out and get this week and plug in, and he's going to score points. I like he's that. absolutely going to score points. And he's only rostered in 2% of leagues on sleeper. Wow. 2%. Wow, really? Yes. Because everybody, like I did, I did the same thing. When Waller got hurt, I picked up Foster Moreau, plugged him in for Foster Moreau on Sunday morning, or plugged him in for Waller on Sunday morning, got 18 yeah. points. And then when I needed a roster spot, I dropped Foster Moreau. It's hard to handcuff a tight end for sure. It's but, very yeah. hard. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a wasted roster spot unless the dude gets hurt. Yeah. Um, but this is a week to go out and get him. And this um, is a guy that if Waller's absence is extended, which that knee injury did not look pretty. It looked very painful. He could be out two, three weeks. This is a guy that could push you over the edge, get you into your fantasy playoffs. And then you get to start from fresh when Darren Waller comes back. Yeah. I actually heard uh, our, our friends over in the ESPN podcast, Stefania Bell tonight. She was uh, actually breaking down this injury and compared it to like a runner's injury and said it was pretty uncommon for an NFL player to have this injury. So this could be something that lingers here a little bit. Obviously, if you have Darren Waller, you should be rostering Foster Moreau. Go pick him up right now. Um, use use Nate, like you said it earlier today in your column, use what you can to get him, especially if you have Darren Waller um, out there on the waiver wires. I like Foster Moreau. I've always thought he was a talented player. He was brought in by the John Gruden regime. His rookie year, he had five TDs. Like he was borderline fantasy relevant at times. And that was during uh, Darren Waller's breakout year too. Mm -hmm. So Foster Moreau is talented. Whenever he's gotten a shot, he has stepped into it. And even when he's played that more reserved tight end two role, he stepped into it. So Nate, I I like this call, man. Like Brian Edwards is a ghost. That dude, like, yeah, like he's slow. At He's just point, slow. He doesn't run good routes. Yeah, I, I think at this point, like Hunter Renfro is the number one target for this team, and number two at, at this point is probably Foster Moreau stepping into that. I like yeah. that call. I like that call. Well, thanks. I, I'm going to keep it here with tight ends, guys, because you know it is a struggle out there at the position as always. I'm going to talk about Logan Thomas, Washington football team, and actually Joey Wright, our guy, he kind of called this um, – in our in our tips column over the weekend, he said, look out for Logan Thomas for rest of the season. I think that starts here in week 13. In his return, I mean, been a brutal season for Logan Thomas. He got that contract extension, and then he's been out most of the season with an injury. Comes back, six targets here in his return. Played 79% of snaps as well. Only got three receptions for 31 yards. But I think at the end, end of the day, like Heineke looked as comfortable as he's looked all season. I think Logan Thomas plays into that. 
And they're going up against a very meaningful or in a very meaningful game against Las Vegas. And Las Vegas has been atrocious against the tight end position over the last month, led over four TDs, 18.5 PPR points per game on average. And this is against players like CJ Uzama and Dalton Schultz. Like I think Travis Kelsey's in that as well, but you know, definitely tight ends that make it seem like Logan Thomas can exploit them. He's the number two passing option in this offense, especially with JD McKissick now gone as well. Yeah, I agree. And I I mean, it's not that Logan Thomas wasn't trying. It's that Seattle's defense was all over him. Mm. And there were a couple dropped catches that it was like, man, yeah, but I, I love, I love this call. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what he did when he was healthy, first three mm-hmm. games of the season, he had 12 points against the Chargers. He had nine points against the Giants. and But then he had 11 points against Buffalo before he got hurt. Right. And that was on four catches. And they actually they got him a touchdown, and he fumbled in that game, and he still had 11.2 points. Right. So, yeah, this is a great call. I'm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it, guys. Logan Thomas. Foster Moreau, Jamal Williams, fire them up. If you guys have them this week, you can have some confidence. There are sure things here in week 12 or week 13. Sorry, guys. Season <laughs> flying, flying by. Um, let's go ahead and round it out with some weekly advice. Weekly. Weekly. All right, weekly advice, our way of spinning feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice. To close it out of the show, I want to talk about winter. It is here. It is a a tough time for all of us. I know a lot of people battle seasonal depression, um, and it's tough. A lot of us work until, you know, when the sun comes up, until it goes back down. So it's difficult to get that, um, get those necessary vitamins that we need, Um, Guys, what are some of your favorite winter activities? Because there, there are like like just low key cool things about winter that people don't really you know talk about much, and we can make the most of it despite it being cold as hell and dark as hell. I mean, I think this year for me and probably Nate too. I mean, definitely Nate too. But uh, Jackson's finally old enough to go snow sledding, so we bought him his first snow sled. Snow sled it came from Amazon. Um, showed up and it was a chintzy piece of crap. So oh. we headed right on over to Costco, bought one for four dollars more. That right. is actually a two-person versus like a one and a half person sled that we got from Amazon. So I'm like super excited for sledding. I am also. I this will also be my first time sledding. <laughs> I've never done it. What? Isn't I that know. crazy? Never, never done gone, it. You never went sledding as a kid, Nate? Nope. And we why had not, like Nate? A, I don't know. I really don't know why we never went sledding. Because we had, in my parents' garage, we had this, like, really badass, like, old school, like, wood slatted sled with blades on the bottom. Wow. Was it the, like, it was, curl up in the front? Yes. Kind of, like, from Home Alone? Yes, you remember it. You've seen it. I know you've seen it. Okay. I know you've seen it. But I, we never went. We just wow. never went. Dude, I, I feel like, honestly, I went sledding probably till I was like 13 or 14. Like, I, I couldn't get enough of it. You know what I mean? 
That's why I'm so excited to take Jackson because there was a cutoff time like trick or treating where you just like age out of it and you just don't Mm -hmm. do it anymore. And now Mm -hmm. it's like all cyclical going trick or treating for the first time in (laughs) however many years and now going snow sledding for the first time in however many years. Like it's going to be so fun. We aged back into the fun. We aged back in. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Are there any other like low key things you guys are looking forward to during this time of year at all? So I like hiking in the snow because it's peaceful and just so quiet and the snow absorbs like any sound really, except for the crunch of your feet. And you can literally walk in your thoughts and it's cold, but you're moving. Kind of get used to it. Yeah. And you're prepared for it. It's not like you just rust out into two feet of snow. In shorts, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you're prepared for it, and it's um, it's a low key, like very peaceful, centering experience. To and if bonus, if you can do it while it's still snowing. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. One of the things I like, and I'm actually heading up to my dad's house this weekend, so I'm hoping I can talk him into actually firing up a fire. He has a nice patio out there. I love like making fires in the winter. We used to have a camp out behind my house and we would all go out sometimes just in the middle of winter and we'd fire up a fire. I even had friends like they would sleep out out in the tents like in the middle of winter. They didn't care. I'd be like, you guys can come inside, you know, and they're like, no, we like it out here. And we're like, all right, you guys can freeze your ass off. I'm heading inside. But <laughs> um, but yeah, making a fire during the winter is pretty sweet. You know, it, it, there's something to be said. It's kind of like what you said, Nate. It's like it's peaceful. You look around and it's like cold as hell, but you're kind of like nice and toasty by the fire. So I I get super down with that in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. I could go for a fire right now. It's kind of cold down here. It's kind of cold up here. <laughs> it's winter, baby. Yeah. And we should probably close the swamp cooler vents since, you know, it's December it's- tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and we still haven't seen snow in Denver. 223 days now. Wow, since we've seen snow. It's the longest we've ever gone without snow. This is but the latest see, first. But that's Denver. That's Denver because we've seen snow in Arvada. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. not measurable snow, though. Not measurable, but it snowed. Yeah. I remember last year this time you guys had already gotten some snow. Like, I remember you had to, like, protect your peppers and stuff like that, Nate. So, yep. oh, um, yeah. I, w- one of the other cool, cool things, I like, super low key that I don't know if you guys do this or if we were just weird growing up, but. Um, we would take actually like the, the snow outside and we would just like make, like bring it in, put it in a blender and make like slushies out of it and stuff. Is that. <laughs> I've like, never heard of that. Clean what? snow. Yeah. Like, like we, I remember even too, like once, once my friends and I got like older over 21, like we would take, like, we would just take the snow from outside, you know, put a little alcohol in the blender with it and whatever flavor we wanted and then just make snow slushies. Yeah. So the snow's too dirty here. Really? Yeah. I mean, we've always been told to not eat the snow, not just not eat the yellow snow, but we've been told (laughs) not to eat any of the snow. Really? Yeah. It picks up all the pollution in the air. And Denver (laughs) is probably way more polluted than... I think it's like the ninth most polluted city in the United States. Yeah, yeah. It's probably more polluted than, you know, rural Pennsylvania for sure. Yeah, I might do it in like the mountains because okay. I don't know. You're, yeah, you're I higher do it up. It gets it has less 
feet to drop before. It sounded delicious. It is. Yeah, exactly. Sounds delicious. Don't Mm -hmm. pay or, you know, make, make your own ice. I'm all about it though. I love it. Slushy with a side of pollution. (laughs) Pollution slushy. (laughs) A pollution slushy. Do you guys have any other final thoughts for our audience tonight, um, whether they're listening to this live or whether they're going to listen to the audio version tomorrow? Do you guys have any final thoughts as we head down the last couple weeks of the fantasy football season as well as get into these winter months? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, Thanksgiving and then the beginning of December, the clock starts ticking and everyone's freaking out about Christmas chill, chill. I think that's my advice every other week when I'm on the show is everybody just chill. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Take a couple deep breaths. I mean, Jeff Bell had a weird experience, but you know, even in that case, when you're fighting for your kid's game or toy or whatever it is, at the end of the day, just chill. It's fine. Yeah, it's the holidays, man. The holidays are crazy. You know it. You can't change that. You cannot change that. Yeah. But you can chill and take a yeah. deep breath. And yeah. and we'll be here all, all, all holiday season long to help you guys get through it. If you want to check out our tips column, we have that on the website as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you guys not only get through, but make the most of it as well. And December 17th, we, we teased it a little bit earlier. Us, along with a bunch of our friends from the industry, we're going to be here five hours long, baby for hijinks, fun games, shenanigans along the way. Um, We're going to get you guys through this holiday season. So if you need more information, if you need anything from us, you guys know where to find us, inbetweenmedia.com, at IBT underscore media on all the social platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Guys, keep it in between until next time, and we'll see you soon. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human.